2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Football Social Daily. Premier League updates. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and welcome to the Football Social Daily podcast. Your only place to get your daily dose of all news Premier League EFL Cup and Gossip. And today I'm joined in the studio by Mr. Stefan Armstrong.
0: Hi Steve, how are you doing? It's great to see you behind the desk. I'm I know,
2: making my debut behind the <laughs> desk. This is this is going to be good, Oh, it's going to be an absolute nah, train it's wreck. Gonna,
0: it's going to be quality, I'm loving it.
2: <laughs> Thanks mate, I appreciate your optimism. And we're also joined by Fergal Brennan. how are you sir? Very well-ish this morning, yeah, not doing too bad. Good, good. Well we'll get into it, there's a lot to talk about. I'll tell you what, let's get straight into the EFL Cup, or it's the Carabao Cup as it's called. Uh, two great nights of football in that, we've got to admit. But let's focus on last night, yep. a couple of big games. We're going to start with Man United versus Chelsea.
0: It was mega. Now, I want to give a little bit of a shout out to the Victoria Pub in Withington here in Manchester. Okay. Because they had both games on outside for people to watch. And because they were kind of like 15, 20 minutes apart, it was like a non-stop night of football. Both games, brilliant. Loved them both, amazing.
2: Well, I, I mean, I've seen the highlights of the Man United Chelsea game last night because obviously I was watching the game that me and you would have been watching. Fergal, oh yes. um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Rashford masterclass last night.
0: It, everybody's been saying it's like the kind of like a Ronaldo style free kick. It it was weird as hell, right? The celebrations were kind of weirdly subdued in the pub because we right. didn't know if it had deflected in or not, right? But when we see you see the replay, it's almost like somebody shot the ball mid air and it just. Bounced up an extra three yards I and mean, then yep. just... How, how do you do that?
2: I, th- I think... How do you do that? It's no exaggeration. That is one of the best free kicks I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, the, um, the old Ronaldo one against Portsmouth. Um, Stafford, yeah. Maybe 07, 08. I can't remember when it was. I think Marcus Rashford has just eclipsed that as the best free kick I've ever seen for Man United.
2: That's high praise indeed, isn't
1: it? I think I'd follow along with that. When you, when you look back to the technique, the way he's come at the ball... He's gone through the ball, but managed to put enough spin, get it over the wall, get it into the top corner. I mean, the keeper goes for it. Was it Caballero in goal for Chelsea? Last it night? was, yeah, it, it was. He yeah. doesn't even, he doesn't even get, mm. doesn't even get near. And and to get it right oh, in the top yeah. corner, away from Caballero, over the wall, it's absolutely brilliant. And you know, you see the celebrations afterwards. He goes mental straight over to the um, the away fans. I have to hold my hands up, and, and I'm flying solo here because Phil and Marley, who were on the show with me yesterday, we all unanimously said. Chelsea at home. United are having a few problems. Uh, they focused more on the league. They've got a big game at the weekend. They're not going to win. We're completely wrong. I'm annoyed, that I'm having to
2: you know carry this weight on my shoulders uh, on my own. We've but we've all done it on this podcast many times, haven't we? So when it's, it's, to it's a curse the curse of ties, the commentator, so to speak. Is Great technique by Rashford, though. Yeah. What I want, what I'm quite impressed with, and it's going to sound mad coming from a Liverpool fan, but he took a penalty last night and, and buried it as well after yep. missing one at the weekend. So yep. I think that's took a bit, a bit, a bit of courage to step up and, and do that. Is this a player that's kind of finally coming into his own now and kind of, you know, able to deliver on the promise that he's shown so early in his career?
0: I think the level of Marcus Rashford has probably been quite consistent for the player that he is. I don't think he's an out and out twenty-five, thirty a year type player. I think he's got flair, he's got pace, and he's got finishing abilities. Um, the the, the dynamic at Man United has changed. Uh, how how many away wins now in a row? Three say earlier. Well, that's what earlier? I was going to
2: come to. They've won, they've won three away games on the bounce it, now.
0: It, it's kind of a dynamic has changed a little bit at Man United since uh, Martial's come back into the setup. And right. I think I think they're just playing a bit freer, which is nice to see. Mm. I think I think Chelsea are going to be a little bit disappointed with last night. After the game, Frank Lampard was saying. Well, it is the Carabao Cup. It's not really our priority. But I think a young young Chelsea team should be going for these League Cup wins. Similar to teams like Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United. They should all really be going for that.
2: I thought that would have been high on Chelsea's priority. I'm surprised by that, further.
1: I I would agree with that. And I think, again, I think it's just a a little bit of a situation of they've lost the game. Of course he's going to say that. And I think, particularly as Stefan says, the young players that are in that team, they know that they're probably not going to win any other silverware this season. Potentially the uh, the FA Cup when the Premier League sides come into it in January, they, they might make a bit of a run there. But these young players will want to be winning things. You know, They've come through really, really successful underage sides with Chelsea. They're used to winning things, albeit youth, youth trophies, but they're used to getting their hands on something at the end of the season. So I, Lampard's point is, is clear. He's saying this because they lost. If they'd won, I genuinely think he'd be saying something else. But to, to touch back on Rashford just for a second, I think his mentality's never been in question, I don't think. I think his confidence and his form has been in question, but that's absolutely standard for a a 21-year-old playing at the sharp end of the Premier League. I think his mentality has always been spot on, right the way from when he was introduced to the first team by Louis van Gaal. I think all that way, I don't think his his attitude or his mentality's ever been under question. I don't think that's been the case for other United players who are more senior and more experienced and and, with a, a much bigger profile than him, but Consistently, he's always demonstrated that his, his head's in the right place. I think confidence, people confuse confidence with mentality sometimes. It's very easy for a young striker to use, lose confidence. Marcus Rashford's never it's, lost his mentality. It, it's difficult to maintain form in a team which isn't particularly
0: doing well or isn't really that high in quality. Um, and I think Marcus Rashford, is, his season has is, is kind of been dictated by the fact that he's Playing in an average team, to be fair.
2: And Man United have set up quite defensively recently as well, haven't they? You know, when they've yeah. got, especially the Liverpool game, for example, uh, with the formation that Solskjaer put out. Is this, um, moving on, they've had three away wins, like you've just said, Stefan, quite rightly. Is this a turning of the corner for Man United, or is it just a little purple patch?
0: I think Man United will always be up and down, up and down. Um, <sighs> do you know what? I don't know. It's impossible to predict. I, I would love to see them. Just go as far in in the FA Cup, in the League Cup as possible. Premier League, I think I think the writing's already written, to be honest. I think
2: they're out of that race totally.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah and and they're gonna be in a race for a top six, you know what I mean? That, that's that's where they are. That's where they're at. But you've got you've gotta win the League Cup or you've got to win an FA Cup or something. And so Well, you know. just
2: moving on then, as we come to the draws being made this morning before we come on to our game, Fergal. United have been drawn with Colchester.
0: This is exactly the point. Man United are the type of team who can go to Stamford Bridge, win two one, and then lose at home to Colchester.
2: <laughs> that is the Big, type is of team man you are. Can we put that as a prediction? You know what, put it down. Yes, yeah, so And, and it's, it's worth
1: remembering as well. Colchester have put out Crystal Palace and Spurs. Have they? Oh so yeah, far. of course, yeah. To, to get where they are, this is not going to be. Not be, gonna be out, it's not it? going to be easy for United. I know it's at home, and I know obviously they performed well last night and colchester you know all the clichés are going to be rolled out about their cup <laughs> final and blah 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 but they've already put out two premier league sides so far and that's that's, that's
0: pressure on a on a young sometimes shaky man united team home, yeah. isn't it look, look
1: at the way they performed against rochdale at home they very very nearly cocked that up yeah, and they they just about squeaked through so yeah. this is not done and dusted by any stretch
2: we'll wait and see well the rest of the draws being made this morning so just to kind of run through uh, man city will fancy the chances because they got oxford away Yep, um, Man United, Colchester, Liverpool. I've got Aston Villa.
0: Yeah, it'll be an interesting game.
2: And uh, and, and I think uh, for me, one of the, the tastiest tie out a lot of them is Everton Leicester. Yeah, again, yeah. You know Everton beat Watford the other night, didn't he? So if we were to, who's going through? The, who's going through to the semi-finals? Then of would lot. Man City, Leicester, Man United. You have just said Colchester might have done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can just say United, Colchester, you don't Col- have to be Manchester yeah, or United. United, United on that one, and Liverpool.
2: Yeah, so you reckon it's all kind of set up. Uh, <laughs> I mean, one of the big boys are going to win it, obviously, aren't they? Yeah. You know, by the looks of it. I mean, if you're Carabao, there's all If, if you call Chester United, yeah,
0: one of the big boys are going to win it, definitely.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> so we'll watch this space with that. But um, obviously, uh, Villa went through last night as well. Pretty routine win against Wolves. Uh, I only saw the goals. I don't know if anyone's seen any extended highlights. It was else? it was
0: kind of on and off on the third screen in the pub. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was it was a bit of a quiet game. This is game. some
1: pub you're watching.
2: For,
0: I know, yeah. yeah. Oh them, my god, yeah. amazing! I couldn't believe it. It's fantastic. Um, the place that I go drinking in, they make a face if you ask them to turn
1: the commentary on. Really? Yeah. Oh, get a new pub.
2: So Villa uh, gone through against Wolves. A couple of decent goals. Uh, Villa aren't doing too bad at the minute, are they? No, they keep on getting results. They've got some good players. I
0: think I think Wolves will be disappointed. Similar to Man United, Wolves have Wolves would have been looking at yeah. a League Cup and thinking this could be quite good. They've got a nice little uh, Europa League <laughs> run going. Yeah. Why not do the same in the cup? So I think they'll be disappointed disappointed uh it was it was a decent game to be fair back obviously. I
1: think as you say I think for someone like Villa and, and yeah Wolves as well but obviously they've got the added games of the Europa League Villa are in a stick or twist situation now where it's the same argument we have every season the fans for the Aston Villa fans I'm sure are going to go look let's give it a bash we don't have European football to worry about we've got a 38 game Premier League season we're doing relatively well it's only three more games and you could have your hands on a trophy and a potential route into Europe but generally, time and again, we see managers, as much as we go, oh, you've done so well, just, you know, don't bottle it, don't rest everyone, don't rest everyone, I know you've got a game at the weekend, and they do. And I think that will be the case, particularly because they've got to go to Anfield. I don't think Dean Smith's going to look at this and go, I'm going to play my first eleven when I've then got a Premier League game at the weekend, which I just think, and we chatted about it on yesterday's podcast, we all say about, you know, teams playing young players or, or playing scratch teams or, or second teams. Generally speaking, over the last decade or so, what's happened is that's been the case up until the quarterfinals, semi-finals. The big boys have generally got through, and then they've gone sound two games, bring the first team in, and we'll just just tick that box. And Man yeah. City, Man City have done that to a T over the last couple of seasons. They've played second string all the way up, got to the semi, got to the final, and just gone right. It's only one game. Can you know? It's like me and work and saying, can you just cover us an extra shift because you know what you're doing, and then yeah. just. Done. the, the men- he's in the cabinet
0: the mentality for man city on tuesday night was interesting though cause so we're a couple of fringe players playing but he played quite a strong team and it looked like he was really taking that seriously um aguero starting up front and obviously scoring the goals as well so like that, that that's quite that's quite a nice way of how the uh, Carabao Cup's been approached by a big team. I, yeah, like I think that.
2: Southampton would have been glad to keep the score down, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Harson Wattle came out after the game and said, "Oh, I've just relieved, you know, to kind of, you know, talked about the reaction of the players, etc., etc., etc." Anything was anything other than ten nil was a victory for them and, the other night, and they
0: playing again there this weekend.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Southampton yeah, fans have returned train X. ticket. I think. Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. So, and uh, as we move on to, um, well, I think it was a game that we all expected goals from, wasn't it? Stop last pretending night. that but, you don't want to talk about uh, this. Come on. <laughs> no. Yeah. Come but on. it's uh, it's Liverpool Arsenal at Anfield last night. Uh, One for the uh, oh, annals so, of history. So good. Uh, I don't think so we'll uh, we'll see a better game than that for, for a long time. we in terms of goals scored and the finishes, oh. and in terms of. Uh, defensive frailties as well, you know, f- from the teams. But let's focus on the positives of it. Um, uh, well, positives for me, Fergal. Not so much you, mate. Uh, Liverpool winning on 5 4 on penalties, yeah. which for, for, for such a useful Liverpool team is, it must be a real boost, uh, you know, for them. Because uh, I'm just looking at the, the, the lineups, you know, that, that played last night. I can't say his first name, Fergal. Can you help up C- Common Kellyer, is it? It was that? Cueven, for- Cueven. Kelleher. Cueven.
1: Cueven. It's the Irish. It's the Irish for Kevin. Right. Cueven, so Cueven, Cueven
2: Kelleher. He, he looked a bit shaky on the Arsenal goals, didn't he? But he's redeemed himself in the shootout, hasn't
1: he? He has. I mean, it's a mad situation where he's come off the pitch at the end of the game and he's the hero and he's letting five goals. I think it was Martinelli's first goal that maybe was a little bit shaky on. The Torreira goal right at the beginning, hands up, it was offside. Yeah. If there'd been VAR in play last it night, it'd been, been ruled yeah. out. And we could have been talking about a completely different game because yeah. that set the tone for everything being... You know, mm. that was that was how it went from there. It just went to ultra frantic mode from that point. Um, It's a ridiculous situation to look at Kelleher and say... You've led in five goals, but his stop from Ceballos' penalty and all the penalties taken were brilliant. Ceballos' penalty was excellent. Mm. For Kelleher to get across and get a hand on that was excellent. Um, but I, I, I said to you before we started recording, I just got the sense, as soon as Origi knocked in the fifth goal, or the tenth goal of the night... Um, I just didn't think Arsenal were going to win penalties. There's always question marks about Arsenal at Anfield and Arsenal in difficult situations. And in that situation, I looked at the players when the ball went in and the cam- the camera swung around a few of them as Origi and the Liverpool players were celebrating. I just thought, we're not going to win this. I, I knew one of the players would have a miss in them or a save as it was for for, for young Kelleher. Um and that, and that proved to be the case. Do you know what? Yeah. After, after the, um, I can't remember which goal it was, Ozil's flick. Um, Maitland-Niles.
0: Yeah. I thought Arsenal looked pretty comfortable. Honestly, that was the first time in a long time that I saw Arsenal in front in a game, especially against a big team. And having the cushion as well. Yeah, the two-goal cushion with the 4-2 at one point. And I felt felt like Arsenal were going to actually go through with it. And suddenly... Divock comes along is he getting the keys to the city yet because he only scores big goals it's
2: interesting because that's
0: all he's interested in doing
2: it's funny because I was on WhatsApp last night with uh, as you are with your mates you know while you're kind of watching it and stuff like yeah. that and um, we we went 3-1 down and I said these beep expletive are going to put 5 or 6 on us tonight yeah. uh, you know the way it's going and uh, and we and we talked about Divock and and we said you know since that that Famous night in Madrid when he scored the winner in the Champions League final, or the second golden Champions League final. He's not really done anything, so that was a real opportunity for him to to when he scored that goal and got into Liverpool folklore to to really kick on and make a claim. You know, to yeah. be starting more games at Liverpool. And in fairness, even after the two goals last night, he's probably not took that opportunity, I don't think. I
0: feel like he's a striker who's really quite happy and settled in being a the main backup guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, almost a bit like Solskjaer was when he was at United at that time.
2: Yeah.
0: I, I feel like... I feel like it suits him. And they're the sort of players which fans love to see come on and bang a couple of goals his, in. His,
2: his strength are obviously, his hold-up play is excellent. Uh, he's a big physical presence and, and he scores the, some good goals. The
0: first goal last night was excellent. The second one, I think, was a tad fortunate. I don't think he connected with it as he intended to, but it went in, you know what I mean? Amazing. It's like
2: fergus says, though, when a team scores in the 94th minute, yeah. it's such a big psychological blow, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, as you're kind of thinking, oh my God, you know, a minute later we're in a penalty shootout, and it's just that adrenaline dump, isn't it? That, yeah. that kind of equaliser well, going in.
1: You can see the situation as they're preparing for penalties. Pep Linders and Jurgen Klopp, they almost don't even have to give the players a, a, a pep talk. They just go, they just b- basically name the five lads, say to Kelleher, if you keep one out of your hero, go and do your best. Whereas Emre, who's mired in this situation at Arsenal at the minute there's the controversy over Ozil the fans were singing for him last night and he's the first player he drags off when things start getting a bit difficult what do you think's gone wrong for him? in terms of the position at the club at the moment what's what, I, what I'm concerned about is, are Arsenal fans weaponising Ozil or the Ozil situation <laughs> to get at Emery? Because right. I, I understand, and, and I've, you know, I've been quite vocal on this, that time and again, Ozil and Anfield's always been a bit of a measuring ground for him. He hasn't been there when Arsenal have needed him on away games, particularly when you go and you watch him live and you, you see how much he, ground he covers and, and how involved the ga- in the game he is. But last night, I think he gave a little bit of a reminder of what he can do. As Stefan said, that brilliant little touch for Maitland-Niles' that, goal. That, that touch
0: was, was okay, seriously exquisite. well-passed. That, that there's, was like a Berbatov-esque type there's of no, thing. There's no quality. other
1: player on the Arsenal team that does that. No. Every other Arsenal but, player tries to back-heel it. The way, he, the way he sees the Liverpool defender gamble at the front post in case he's going to shoot... And he's cute enough to go, no, Maitland-Arles is behind him. I'm going to find him. So I think I think that's the situation in terms of what's gone wrong. He hasn't played for seven weeks. He's only played two games so far this season prior to last night. And I think Emery, is, Emery has weaponised the situation. The Arsenal fans have weaponised the situation. And in all of this, we're forgetting two important things. Mesut Ozil is an excellent football player. He's always been an excellent football player. But I think for some time now... His fit at Arsenal hasn't been right. And it's a similar thing with with the Shaka situation. I mentioned this on the podcast earlier the week. Shaka's not a terrible player. He's just not the right fit for captain. Mesut was a fantastic player. I just don't think he's the player that Arsenal need in terms of what he can offer, what he can bring. It's not a a slight on him being an incredible footballer, which he is. And those little bits last night, you know, know, highlight that. I, I slightly disagree a little bit because... The
0: whole conversation for Arsenal changed last night just having Özil on the pitch, and you see how he's involved in, you know, uh, first phase play and second phase play, and th- th- basically the position of players was was completely different last night, well, it's been for weeks because he's there and he's able to link things up, which which other players haven't got that creativity to do, and I think Arsenal
1: should build around that. Honestly, I, f- I think I think I think that'd be but it, a breakthrough for Arsenal. But it's incredibly difficult to gauge. As I said, he was the first player that Emery looked to pull off when Liverpool started to, you know, crank it up a little bit. Mm. There's criticism there for Emery because it's like you couldn't wait to get him off. You you know, you kind of Personal issue. you've basically brought you've basically started him tonight because you've been under pressure to start him and it's the League Cup and he's the first player to bring off, but it's telling on both senses. I disagree with Emery bringing him off in that context because he hasn't really warranted. There's been times where Ozil's warranted being substituted and he hasn't. Last night he didn't warrant being substituted and he was. And I think in that situation, it's twofold: H- has he been subbed off last night because of, as you say, a personal issue, or has he been subbed off because Emre or, or Wenger before him has seen situations time and again when things have got difficult. And you look at Urzel in that young team, and you go, "You should be saying to these lads, twenty minutes to go at Anfield, you should be doing what Milner was doing for Liverpool, whereby Milner made a mistake for in the Arsenal goals yeah. and he dragged that team into the last few minutes. He owned it Ozil, away, didn't Ozil was he? never going to do that, and I think. There is a personal issue there, but I also think Emery's gone. We've seen this before. I can't have Ozil on the pitch when Liverpool are going to go through the gears. Do, do you not think it kind of showed
0: massive weakness from Emery last night to even start Ozil, to even have it, even have him in the squad? Because that's been his position for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then a bit of pressure's mounting and he's suddenly changed it and played a different card.
1: But he's covered himself in that sense where, yes, I agree with that, that he's, he. we all know that he's done this because... He's been under pressure from fans. Fans have been singing for Özil for the last couple of games, but also he's covered himself by saying there was an issue in his performances in training. wasn't happy, wasn't doing it. He's improved. He's back in the team. So mm. Emery's kind of covered his back in that sense because you know mm. it's the wonderful thing about training. Mm. Ferguson used to do it all the time at United. You don't know what goes on in training. You've only got the manager's word or the players' word. Well, and some, like, generally speaking, yeah,
2: kind of spouting some some and rubbish. And generally
1: speaking, you won't hear from players what's going on in in uh, in training because of you know the, the sanctity of the dressing room. Mm.
2: Man, it's, uh, it's, it's it's There's always like a bit of a storm in a teacup at Arsenal, isn't there going on.
1: There is, but guys, honestly, what a game that was last I think, night.
2: I what think a there's game play, There's was. plenty to be positive about. I think you know they've both got some good young players coming through. I mean, I think Harvey Elliott looks a serious baller. Uh, you know, very kind of silky. Baller. Uh, um, you know, bit of controversy about the pen. Uh, if I'm honest, as even as a Liverpool fan, I thought that the initial contact was there, but I thought he might have took a slight dive after it.
1: I think he's gone over once but I think he's been caught I think it was a pen I think he, I think he catches him I think the the as you say the overspill after that is maybe <clears throat> maybe a little bit theatrical but we're seeing that all the time. That's you know.
2: Yeah, that's He's the not the first. Going and he definitely
1: won't be the last. Ah, yeah,
2: and I think there's plenty to think about for that young Liverpool defence last night as well, isn't there? You know, I think Joe Gomez struggled last night. Five uh, goals says everything, uh, you know, doesn't it? Really. Sett Vandenberg you know, making his first team debut, um, uh, looked quite shaky. Yeah. But I think in terms of kind of like you know, uh, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's getting a few games at the minute, isn't he? And he scored three goals in his last two. A appearances. Brilliant goal last night as well. Brilliant goal. I think that the game was full of absolute belting. He, he goals He kind last of did night.
0: that, like started celebrating and then realised he scored a against his old club Arsenal and then kind of oh, I quite
2: like that though I think that's classy yep. that when you know when players do that wording they'll either hold their hands up or, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. the celebrations will be quite muted well, i, I like a problem with that a bit
0: like I, Adebayo did uh, for Man City against Arsenal that exactly
2: time. like that and, you know, because he's <laughs> a guy who kept it low never you know. mention his name on this podcast <laughs> again alright <laughs> I've just seen the colour go out of Virgil's face and that, but yeah great game I think one for, one for the, uh, the yeah, memory quality. That, and
0: uh, you know Klopp said that last night as well he said that's the most enjoyable game of football I've I've
2: seen for a long time well he looked like he was having a wonderful time didn't he loved it but what we'll do is we're going to have a quick break and we'll be back just after this Football Social Daily Premier League updates Sports Social welcome back to the Football Social Daily I'm in the studio with Stefan Armstrong Hello. and Fergal. I'm not Hello. sure if I actually introduced myself before. My name's Steve McNaughton. I'm a <laughs> resident Liverpool fan on the podcast. Um, if you do want to kind of get all your latest gossip, you just simply ask Alexa about your club and they will give you all the latest news. So moving on uh, from the Carabao Cup last night, there's a story that isn't necessarily Premier League, but I think we all agree that it probably does want a little bit of a discussion about it and it's uh-huh. the situation at Derby County. Uh, with Richard Keogh and the news that come out yesterday. Now, Fergal, I know you're a lot closer to this than than the rest of us are. So what's been going on there?
1: Um, I think the the situation, that how it's kind of unfolded, obviously, anyone that doesn't know, there was an incident a couple of weeks ago. uh, Two Derby County players have been charged with drink driving, Mason Bennett and Tom Lawrence. Uh, Richard Keogh, who was in the back of Bennett's car, suffered a really serious knee injury. He's likely to be out for around 18 months. Real horror injury. How old is Keogh? I think he's 34.
0: So... His career is over. Well,
1: his career. Well, his career at Derby's definitely over. Derby have announced this morning that they've sacked him. They've essentially oh, really? they've essentially torn up his contract. Uh, he was out of contract, I think, at the end of the season with a one-year extension pending, but Derby Ooh. basically torn up his contract um, in terms of gross misconduct. And there's been outrage about it because the other two that are involved. But the important thing to remember here is there's a lot of anger about the, the two players that were driving. They've been fined by the club, and that's been framed as they've only been fra- fined. But Derby County and, and Philip Koku have come out and said, that's the situation at the moment. There's still a criminal investigation pending. Um, so I wouldn't say the door's closed completely on that. I understand that people are frustrated and angry that it seems that Kyo' has been treated far worse than, than the yeah, two but... players that are in the wrong, but it, it's still a, um, still a moving story. Yeah. And Derby and, and any professional football club have to adhere to the police. Like they, they still have to wait until that is dealt with before they can then make a decision. So who are the other two players other than Kio? Uh, Tom Lawrence and Mason Bennett,
0: and uh, I'm guessing they're quite young. How old are they? Uh, early twenties. So it, this is basically a business question, really. Yeah. In terms of Richard Keogh, he's he, they can get rid of him, yep. and he's not really worth anything. So therefore, because his he's extension
2: won't kick on on appearances because he's out, isn't he? As well, yeah. they've kind of washed their hands of it and said exactly. Yeah. we're done.
0: In, in terms of business, it kind of makes sense. I mean, your young assets, well we help them out. And, and you know. are
2: the other two lads, Mason Bennett and Tom, uh, Lawrence. Tom Lawrence, they're starters for Derby, are they?
1: Yeah, they, they've started the majority of games since the incident has happened, which has caused a lot of controversy. But I, I would follow along from what Stefan's just said. Of This has basically been... I, I really thought Derby were going to make a stand here and, and potentially sack the three of them mm. because the issue with Keo is not necessarily the accident. The issue is that the reason they were out was they were on a club night out and a number of players, including those three, refuse to go home, refuse to go Can't back in the, um, yeah. back in the transportation that had been laid on by the club. So that's what they've thrown at Kyö. A lot of clubs right now, they're kind of, they're the, the
0: centre of like, the kind of society around them, aren't they? You know, yeah. it's always to be a good example. And I think Derby County are, probably letting themselves down a little bit in terms of being an, a good example to kids and good example to young people and people in the community I've anyway. seemingly
2: condoning the behaviour of, of Mason Bennett and Tom, well, by saying you're starting every week still. A little bit of a fine for you, but let's face it, the fine isn't going to really exactly, touch the ball, is it? Exactly. I
0: mean, you know, but then you see it time and time again, like Wayne Rooney had a, had a bit of a drink driving issue a good number of years ago and it happens over and over again, you know what I mean? So I, f- I think as a club, you've probably got to say, this isn't on. We're probably going to terminate your contracts. I mean, that would be a great stand, but I understand in terms of business, you can't really do that because people are worth
1: a lot.
2: So, so I mean, for me, it, it, the important thing here, because like I say, I don't really know the details on it. Was, was there another car involved in the accident?
1: No, the the two cars that were involved were the two those two players driving with Keo in the back of. And I think he was each in the back other. of. Um, no, one of them's one of them's. Crashed into a tree. One of them's gone off the road. Uh, I don't think they've crashed into each other. I think they've crashed separately. Don't quote me on that. I'm not hundred percent sure. But I don't think there was no and there's no one else involved and, and no one else was injured. The only person that was injured was was Richard Keogh.
2: I think it, it, it always comes down to the education as well, doesn't it? In the player taking <clears> the players <throat> taking responsibility. I think if if there's a club night out and the, the 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 club have put transport on to get back, get into bed at a decent hour and kind of be up, you know, doing your kind of like stretching the day after you've got to take it but these players are still kind of not being stimulated enough to go actually I've got to go home you know what I mean because it's not the right thing to do Yeah. Um, and then you know that could have been I mean it has been pretty catastrophic for Mm. Richard Keogh because like I say 18 month injury major kind of surgeries to fix the injury contract terminated the reality is a 34 year old bloke coming back from that, that from that type of injury it's going to be difficult to play high level football again I would have thought I'd be shocked if he does you know and I think it's just you know do clubs do enough, do you think, to work with kind of bodies, anti-drink driving, anti-drugs, anti-gambling, things like that, to, to, to kind of yeah, reinforce that message? It, I, I don't, I'm just, you know, kind yeah,
0: of... Yeah, then where do you stop as a club, you know what I mean? Who, who, which, which associations do you get involved with, which ones do you not, you know what I mean? It, to be honest, it's just, <clears throat> this is two things. It, it's lack of common sense from, from people in the public, in, in in a high public profile situation, e.g. football players, and that's a bit. And the second thing is, it, it's just a bit embarrassing, isn't it? Well, that's that, it. That's it, it. it there's, there's no the more. Club. There's no more to be said about it. Then it. it's a bit embarrassing for Derby. That's it.
2: Yeah. Well, hopefully, everyone kind of learns from it and, and they kind of move on. And I think you know, it's obviously <laughs> come Rich, on the Rams. Richard Keogh is going to um, uh, you know, be doing uh, a lot of thinking in this spur time that he's got. How are Derby doing by the way in the in, in the championship?
1: Don't know. Uh, Mid table, just kind of ticking over. Um, they've reacted kind of well to this nonsense surrounding this situation uh, Philippe Coutinho's come in and done relatively well obviously there was there was a lot of anger about Frank Lampard leaving after a season I think a lot of Derby fans took the message of we got you the Chelsea job you know we, we give you this proving ground of 12 months and you've gone to Chelsea but Philippe Coutinho's a huge name you know well, excellent name Dutch international.
2: Then. it seems to be really really good and, and Wayne Rooney coming so in, in so is, is that still he? happening yeah yeah well, yeah. So he's he's coming in January because I think the MLS season's coming to a close, isn't it? Uh, at the minute, because Zlatan's just announced that he's uh, he's going back to Spain, hasn't he?
0: Let's see what happens.
2: I he's think. not announced the club though, has he? Publicity no. stunt. I, nah, think he it's a a I think it's
1: a PR stunt. Yeah. You think he's just going there on holiday? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a mega.
2: Uh, yeah, but it'd be interesting <laughs> to see how Wayne Rooney settles into a, a coaching role at the club, doesn't it? You know, and obviously see if that what that does for his development as well.
0: Yeah, he's gonna have a lot of advice for these younger players, yeah, both awesome. on and off the pitch. Hopefully,
2: tracking software in the car as well. From <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, so, <laughs> with our detective sales. Uh, right, gentlemen? I think we'll call it a day uh, with that. Thank you very much for your, your yeah. time, Cheers, uh, Steve Steph and Fergal. Always a pleasure. Hey, hey man, Steve,
0: great job on the first presenting. Oh, like yeah, we we'll,
2: we'll, yeah, work in progress, mate. But uh, <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with uh, all the latest kind of gossip, coming on, and on a Friday, the lads will be previewing uh, the forthcoming fixtures of the weekend. So, thanks a lot. Take care. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck.
1: I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business? Introducing The Godfather at Choppacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky lands slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.